welcome to The Feathered Desert, a podcast all about desert bird feeding in the southwestern region of the United States. Okay. Hello, Feathered Desert listeners. Today, Cheryl and I are here to talk about the sense of taste in birds. Now, if you're anything like me, you grew up thinking birds had no sense of taste. But how come they always spit out that nasty-tasting caterpillar? Well, we're wrong. Birds, including songbirds, do have a sense of taste. And that's what we're going to talk about today. So if birds have a sense of taste... They have to have taste buds, and they do. Compared to mammals, they have far fewer taste buds, but they do have them. Humans have taste buds on their tongue. And if you remember from grade school science, each type of taste has a different spot on the tongue. I do remember that. A spot for sweet, a spot for sour, and so on. Birds' taste buds are found throughout their mouth, not on their tongue. The greatest concentration of avian taste buds is found in the skin around the salivary glands of the mouth and the back of the tongue, and in the back of the mouth at the beginning of the throat. How many taste buds do birds have? That answer depends on the species. So let's look at the numbers. A one-day-old domestic chicken has 5 to 12 taste buds. An adult chicken, 24 taste buds. A blue tit, 24 taste buds. A bullfinch, 41 taste buds. A pigeon, 59 taste buds. And a European starling, 200 taste buds. Parrots, 300 to 400 taste buds. So let's compare these numbers to some other animals to give us some perspective. An adult domestic cat, 2,755 taste buds. A human, 6,974 taste buds. A rabbit, 17,000 taste buds. An ox, 35,000 taste buds. And catfish, 100,000 taste buds. Why the difference? Got any answers, Kirsten? I don't know, but my big question for that is, why does a catfish need 100,000 taste buds? I know, that was my question too. (laughs) I don't really know. I know that um, catfish eat a lot of things on the bottom of rivers and lakes. Maybe they want to make sure they're not eating anything disgusting. I don't know. (laughs) (laughs) Everything at the bottom of the lake's got to be disgusting, right? (laughs) Yeah, I I don't know. I don't know about that one. But I did find it interesting that parrots had the most taste buds. Of birds? Of birds, yes. Of birds that the parrots had the most taste buds. So let's see if we have some answers for that. So the study of taste in birds didn't get off the ground until the 1970s. It began with research into ducks, which I also find interesting, ducks of all birds. But we did find out that ducks actually have 400 taste buds, so they're right along with the parrots there. And if they use the tips of their beaks to pick up a pea, they could tell the difference between a normal pea and the one that was unpleasant tasting. And they would spit out the unpleasant tasting one very quickly. 
So research continued from there. And one of the questions that scientists ask now is what different flavor profiles can birds recognize? So we what? know that they have taste buds. Okay, right, I have but, a question. I'm sorry. Go Why ahead. did they ask themselves this, that question? What's the point of knowing whether birds taste or not? Scientists ask themselves questions all the time. Maybe because one of them was watching a bird spit out a caterpillar, and they're like, well, why are they spitting it out? If they don't have any taste buds, how do they know it tastes bad? And then being a scientist, you just go from there. Okay. <laughs> so um, overall, there are five recognized flavor profiles that humans can taste. We can taste sweet, salty, sour, bitter, and umami. So scientists studied these five flavor profiles to see if birds could detect them in their food, because I guess why not? <laughs> so let's start with the sweet profile. Um, this one I think we have the most information about anyways, with birds. So frugivore, oh, sorry, frugivores, <laughs> birds that eat mainly fruit, and omnivores, birds that eat fruit, meat, and seeds, appear to prefer sweet more than other birds that are mainly just seed foragers. Hmm. So, yeah, that's interesting. So they can actually tell the difference between different types of sugars. They prefer sweet so much their taste buds are so honed, they can tell the difference between different types of sugar. So, for instance, the different types of sugar we're talking about is sucrose versus glucose versus fructose versus xylose. I'm fairly certain I could not tell the difference between those. In scientific experiments, the birds tested, such as European starlings, Cape sugar birds, and lesser double-collared sunbirds, preferred certain types of sugars over other types. Overall, it appears that the main preference was for sucrose. The sunburns and the sugar birds didn't even bother absorbing the xylose when they were offered that. They simply excreted it. I guess that's really telling you how they feel about that sugar. Yes. Well, where would that sugar be found? <laughs> uh, the xylose, I'm not sure. I know that it is a natural one that is found, but I don't, I don't know. To tell you the truth, I didn't look up where xylose comes from. I'm assuming it would be found in fruit and 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 berries and stuff like that normally. Okay. Um, but I don't know that one for sure. That's a very good question. We will put that aside for later for maybe one of our question answer ones that we've done before. <laughs> sure. um, so preference was based on the concentration levels when mixed with filtered water. And each species, I thought this was real interesting, had different preferences based on which solution offered them the best caloric intake in regards to their specific lifestyle needs. So, oh, well, you're going to answer it, so go ahead. Yes. So, yes, they did test hummingbirds. Uh, this would, I figured this would be the big question is, what about hummingbirds? Because yeah. we know that they are one of the most famous nectar-drinking birds in the world, and they are very picky about what they choose. So it has to be just right for them to revisit a feeder, and they can tell when the mixture is off by only 1%. Wow. So you want to remember when you're making, if you're making it yourself, you want to remember one cup of granulated sugar to four cups of water. That is the magic solution. So if you shortchange them on the sugar, they know. Yes, they will know, and they won't come back to that restaurant again because it is not the 
caloric intake that they're looking for. Hmm. Yeah. So after sweet, one of humans' favorite taste profiles is salty. Yes, <clears throat> I can agree with that. This yeah. <laughs> is actually the only real craving our body ever physically tells us about since sodium is extremely important to proper nerve function. Sorry, but your craving for chocolate is not a true physical craving. Oh, I don't know <laughs> if I'm buying that, Kirsten. <laughs> When it, com- when it comes to birds, the salty taste uh, acts more as a deterrent than something that they favor. It's important for birds to monitor how much salt is in their diet because too much can be dangerous and even deadly. In experiments, parrots rejected solutions with 0.35% salt levels or above, and pine siskins rejected solutions of 37.5% or higher. You know, the question just pops into my head. What prompts scientists to choose the birds they choose? Just because they Yeah, that's a good question. I don't know. Maybe it's a pull them out of the hat kind of situation, or maybe it's they have access to those specific species a little bit easier. I don't know. Hmm. The difference here is probably based on their dietary lifestyles. Parrots eat a lot of fruits, while pine siskins eat mostly seeds and insects. So pine siskins can tolerate more salt in their diet. Red-winged blackbirds and European starlings actually preferred water with a tiny bit of salt. And they chose a sodium solution with 0.1% to 1% salt over clear distilled water. See, again, this fascinates me, not just about the birds, but what prompts a scientist to ask the question and choose the bird. Yeah, well, red-winged blackbirds and European starlings are found all across the country, um, at least here in the United States. Yeah, And I do know that they're a fairly common bird to do experiments with like at universities because they're very easy to take care of. They're very good at breeding in captivity. So I think that these two particular ones, it's just um, because they have access to them fairly easily. Okay. I still want to talk to one. Not bird. <laughs> well, a bird would be nice, but a scientist. I mean, this is the, the, how they... Well, maybe, yeah. Maybe I'll look um, into the the... I'm sorry, the, um, oh my gosh, the research that I did with this and the specific study, maybe I can find a researcher that did that and I, we can email them and ask um, that question. Yeah, I'd be interested to, to know. All right, pigeons are, oh, pigeons are even more sensitive <laughs> to salt solutions and they very quickly learn to tell the difference. Pigeons were presented a solution with a tiny amount of salt that was safe for them to drink and a solution with a toxic level of sodium. Huh. In under five minutes, they determined which one was okay to drink. That's a pretty smart bird. Well, you know, pigeons are smarter than we think they are. This yeah. also proves that the pigeon was basing its decision on taste not side effects from drinking the toxic solution. Oh my yeah. God, there's some mental um, desert, desertion going on there. Yes, Bur- pigeons do have brains. Yes. And they apparently do use them. <laughs> yes, that, that's what I was getting at. Sour is the next taste profile. 
Sour taste is typically associated with fermentation and, in birds, usually results in rejection of the food. The sourness detection level is in various bird species is different, which is different, which is once again most likely related to their natural diet. The red-winged blackbirds and female starlings actually prefer their water with a tiny bit of citric acid, even though most birds reject sour foods. Hmm. Yeah. So I guess if they're asking for water at a restaurant, you better include that lemon slice. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Okay, so let's. Yes, it is fascinating. Yes, it is. Okay, so let's move on to bitter. I think this is the taste that started everything because, like I said in the opening, and like we just discussed, why do birds spit out bitter tasting caterpillars? If they can't taste, why are they spitting them out? And for that matter, why does the caterpillar bother making itself taste bad to ward off one of its most numerous predators if that predator can't taste the bitterness? That's a very good point. So, yes, I'm. I'm hoping that that's what started off because it just makes a lot of sense to me. So to test the bitter palate, scientists used quinine in a solution. So it's harmless to the birds, but has a bitter taste. The threshold for bitter in birds was way lower than the sweet and salt. Birds, of course, don't want to eat anything bitter. Bitter is usually associated with something that's poisonous. So, for example, like um, queen and monarch butterflies, the reason that they eat milkweed is because milkweed is poisonous. And so they keep those alkaloids in their body, which makes them poisonous when they are eating as a caterpillar and also makes them taste really bad when they're a butterfly. So, obviously, birds are able to taste this bitter. So even European starlings, who as we just previously said, preferred salty, a little bit of salty, and a little bit of sour solutions, they completely rejected anything with even a tiny, tiny bit of bitter. They would only take that filtered, that fresh filtered water. I found this one really interesting. 14-day-old domestic chickens could tell the difference between untreated food and food treated with a 0.2% quinine solution. So, to me, this really shows how important avoiding bitter food is to bird survival. Yes. Okay. So, mm, is that your Umami. Name? I'm sorry. I gave you that, that one. It's umami. 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 Leave yes. that word to me. I was hoping I wouldn't get sorry. it. <laughs> is the last flavor profile, and we only have a little information about the ability for birds to detect umami? Yes. Okay. It was only accepted by scientists as the actual flavor, as an actual flavor profile in two, in 2008. So research involving umami is lacking in more than just birds. What we do know is that male starlings prefer solutions with 0.7% to 1% uh, umami over clear distilled water. You, we also know that why did you put this in so many times? Sorry, sorry. umami. <laughs> umami receptor yeah. gene has been found in chicken's genetic code. Huh. Yeah. So, like I said, umami hasn't even been known to humans. They didn't accept it as an actual palate 
taste um, until 2008. So we still have a lot of research to do. But if we're finding the genetic receptor in a chicken's genetic code, then it must be important to them. Yes. When we have it, isn't that one of ours? Yes, that is yeah. one of the ones. It used to only be when, when you and I were in grade school. It used to only be the four tastes. Um, mm-hmm. But umami has been recently accepted by scientists as an actual flavor besides being like a combination of salty and bitter together. No, umami has been shown to be a completely different taste. Hmm. So, yeah, that's interesting, though, because birds have it, too. So it must be something important. Yeah, I and mean, it must be in natural, uh, be in uh, natural products because I've never heard of it being, you know, uh, right, put out there in a, a non-natural product. No, and I mean, why would chickens have it in their genetic code if it was like just for manufactured food like potato chips? I mean, if that's yeah. all it was. Yeah. So. Yeah. All right. So in closing, birds do have a well-developed sense of taste that corresponds to their feeding behavior. So even though birds have fewer taste buds than other animals, they definitely have a well-balanced sense of taste that helps them pick just the right food to flourish. I wanted to say a special thank you to a gentleman at the Central Arizona College campus in Apache Junction. That helped me find the information I needed to do this podcast. In the library services area, Richard, thank you. You're the man.